Welcome to the Develop Yourself podcast, where we teach you everything you need to land your first job as a software developer by developing yourself, developing your skills, your network, your habits, and more. I'm your host, Aaron Hayslip, and today we're going to be talking to self-taught software engineer, Pierre Lebrun. Pierre has been doing web development for over 10 years and is here to share his journey with us and what he believes has led to his success. Um, Pierre, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you you being on the podcast. You know, for context, um, I've never met you before. Um, You told me right before we started the interview here that you're actually on the floor above me, um, (laughs) which makes this a little awkward because you would think I would just come out and talk to you. But I I realized, as you said, that I've never done a podcast interview with someone that is physically in the same area that I'm I'm in. Right. If Um, if If I stomp real hard, maybe you'll hear me down there. Yeah, yeah, I think you're on the other side. I'm, uh, I'm on the other side of the building there. But uh, okay, so is that how you say name, Pierre? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, cool. And I, and I saw, and I just like you know poked around on your LinkedIn that at some point you were going to school in France. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what, what, I, yeah, give me a little bit. Give me a little bit about your your background, your journey. Um, right now, you are a software engineer. Um, How did you get to to where you're at right now? Sure. It's a, it's a little bit of a weird upbringing, uh, but I, I was born in the States, in California, and then uh, at the age of six, uh, we left my parents. My dad moved to Singapore for a job there. Uh, so we'd moved to Singapore for six years and then moved to Cambodia uh, after that oh, for wow. like another six years. And that's when I started getting interesting in programming. Uh, it, it all started when I was playing this uh, computer like hacking, hacking simulation game called Uplink. Uh, by Ambrosia okay. Software, and I think I was like 13 or 14 at the time, but I just, I was like, oh, I love this. I want to be a hacker. <laughs> um, That's cool. So, what, you know, one thing led to another, and eventually I learned like a little bit of SQL, and then I got an online tutorial book on a C programming language, uh, and then I learned Perl because Mac OS X had just come out at the time, and so that was the first like Unix system uh, that, that, you know, OS, that Apple's operating system is based on. Uh, okay. And so it came built in with like the, the command line man pages and Perl has like pretty good documentation uh, built in. Uh, and the context there is, you know, b- back in the day, like, I mean, there were online coding tutorials, but a lot less than there are today. And also I was on dial-up connection that cost like a dollar plus a minute. So I couldn't like oh go online and, and you know, <laughs> learn there. So I've, I found Perl, uh, and I learned that it's kind of my first real, real, real programming language. And I, I wrote a bunch of like little games and scripts. I even wrote a, I even wrote a little uh, Perl virus that would like copy itself into other Perl files. Um, and I, I shared that online on like a professional site. This was like some sort of, I forget the name of it, but it was like pre Stack Overflow. And I got banned okay. from that site because they were like, no, this is no, no sharing of, oh, you know, awesome. like, that type of yeah. content. Uh, Anyway, so that that's that's kind of how I got started in programming. Um, and then I went, I ended up going to college uh, in France. Um, my dad is French, so I didn't okay. French citizen. Uh, so that was pretty was cool. Of, uh, yeah. Uh, ended up there, uh, did computer science for like two and a half to, to three years. It was... It wasn't a great fit. It was very math heavy. I was I was really good at the programming part, but I was really terrible at the math. Um, and the the okay too long didn't read version of that is that I hadn't studied 
all the math prerequisites in high school because I took a different track. And then for some reason, yeah. they admitted me to the computer science uh, track in, in, uh, in, in college there. And uh, so I, I was I mean, I was passing, but it was it was hard. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Uh, so I ended up pivoting and uh, like talked to my dad at the time. And I was like, I, I want to go to school in America. Oh, I'd met my now wife there. She was an international student. So I was like, I want to go to America to study. And he and he was like, that's expensive. Uh, why don't you go to New Zealand instead? Uh, and so that's that's where I ended up going. I went to the University of Otago in New Zealand to study business. Because um, I'd always been interested in, in like starting entrepreneurship and starting my own business. Um, so I studied management in Otago. I went on an exchange to UNC, uh, University of uh, Chapel Hill, uh, Keenan Flagler Business School here and studied here for like a year ended up no it, it's, ended up it's like, fine it, it's uh, real life man this is this picking is, this things so that i would well. graduate um, while i was in states and so i can stay here and not to go back <laughs> oh you're lucky there's a train going by now that's right uh so yeah so i graduated started yeah i was i started my first job yeah. was like as a business analyst tell me if i i know this but... okay okay and did you stop programming like in between, like whenever, whenever okay. you were like a, a kid me, doing curl, having fun on the internet, is, um, you know, posting job. stuff, uh, you know, viruses? So I'm getting around to the programming part. I was after computer science. I was doing like the stint business analysis, business uh, analyst work for my uh, for one of my professors. I think I did that for like a year. I was I hated it though. I, I was like. Yeah. Yeah, so I I programmed I probably programmed a little bit between like 15 and 17, like just messing around Perl scripts, you know, nothing web related. Uh, and then when I moved to this to America to do this exchange program at, at Keenan Flagler, uh, I I was like I needed a job in the summer, and so I I didn't end up getting a job in web development, but I I did start learning web development and then just like emailing businesses at random on Craigslist and whatever, being like. Hey, I can redesign your website, you know, for like two hundred dollars. Whatever. <laughs> I I didn't get any I didn't get any advice because I didn't I really know didn't know what I was doing in terms of sales. Uh, I did I did eventually do a few freelancing gigs uh, when I was in college. Uh, like I, I built a website for this company called Everstair. They were selling like a fiberglass stair for multi-unit residential. Um, so. I just did a, like a few websites here and there in, in while I was in school, uh, you know, got way underpaid because I didn't, I didn't know the, the value of things. Um, but Hey, that's, that's, I mean, that's college. Um, see in Carborough, new media campaigns. And so okay. they gave me my first, uh, internship. And at the time, was it, was it, I, did I nine? Ooh. Uh, I think it was, yeah, like as the intern, I got to debug and, and try oh. to figure out all the IE9 issues, um, yeah. which is I, is brutal, but uh, it was a good experience. Well, one of my first jobs, we uh, it was we still supported, like it was like this small, I mean, it was, it was a few years later than that, but it was, it was like um, we, a small subset of our users, we had, we had a product, was yeah. on IE9. And like, I, I feel like it took up a huge part of my job. 
um, was just making sure everything worked there. And then, then, then eventually like a few months later, we, we decided to stop supporting it. And it was like such a yeah. celebratory moment for the, for, for me, I was like, finally, I get to like have a whole portion of my job back, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, for sure. We, yeah, I, I recently, for the first time in my career, like, uh, I'm working on a product that where we don't support I 11 or any of the IEs, right? Yeah. No, it's, no, it's and it's, it's great. Although I have my beast now with Safari. Uh, so Safari to me is the new IE. <laughs> um, we're getting spoiled. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's leaps and bounds better. Um, but I also, I also work now, nowadays I work on a, a telemedicine product. So we're using some pretty cutting edge, you know, web stuff. And, uh, and then we're having to support Android, iOS, all the different browsers, mobile wow, browsers. Okay. So it's, a lot of browser support. So we, because it's the combination of like leading edge technology and, and, and broad browser support, I end up dealing with a lot of like very nitty gritty, sometimes undocumented bugs. Yeah. um, Where we just kind of figure out. So, so mostly these days you're you're working in JavaScript, I I presume. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I didn't start out that that way. Um, I was just going to say, it's it's interesting to me because I think if I, if I looked at your, you know, I picked your LinkedIn and I saw in there, you know, some computer science experience. I couldn't tell if you got like the computer science degree or not. Um, and then as you're telling the story, I think a lot of times whenever we hear stories um, like yours, to be honest, where it's like you're you're a kid and you're learning programming, you know, folks like me think to ourselves, oh, man, it's all over, you know, because as a kid, I wasn't learning programming. <laughs> and so yeah. I actually thought your, your story was going to go a different direction, which I find it interesting that like to you, computer science was like not what you thought it was going to be in terms of like, you were like, no, this is, this is math and I'm a programmer. Right. And yeah, um, yeah t- tell me a little bit about that. Like why, um, I-, I guess, help me reconcile the fact that you didn't get a computer science degree, but you ended up being a, uh, you know, working in like the world of, of the web with JavaScript. Yet whenever you were 13, I mean, you were programming in Perl. I, I don't know Perl, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody does nowadays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, it was very popular at the time. They, I, I think they, the, it had the moniker, the chainsaw of the internet or the chainsaw of the web or something. It was, it's kind of a, a brutal language, but it, it supported regexes, you know, really well, sort of pushed that forward. And anyway, back in the, it was powerful for its time. Um, uh yeah, I mean, I went to computer science. Uh, I did a computer science degree because I wanted to like build, write programs, and be a coder and, and build things, uh, not not to study math. <laughs> and you know, my I have a cousin who's who's like trying to decide what he wants to do with his life. He's he's like college age, and his main, you know, he keeps on asking me like, I'm not good at math. Like, I don't, I don't think I can do programming because I'm not good at math. And I, I I'm telling him like, you don't need to be good at math um, to do programming. You really, really don't. But you do to get a computer science degree. <laughs> you do to get, yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, I mean, I've I've met I've met people with computer science degrees who aren't programmers too. Like, um, met a designer who had a computer science degree, and uh, like she she couldn't program, and she she'd say like, yeah, I didn't. Just, that's they didn't really teach us that in school. So, um, yeah, programming. So I, you know, I I went to school for programming a little bit, but I I say I'm self taught because I. In tr- like truly everything that I do professionally is, is self-taught. Um, 
and I, you know, I, I hate traditional like academics and, and the cramming and, uh, tests, tests and whatever. I'm more, more, my learning style is more driven just by curiosity and, and then, you know, implementing, doing things, figuring things out. So it's a good, well, I, I love that. I think, you know, oftentimes students have a, like our students have a hard time with our program because they're, they go in like school mode, right? They're used to doing this thing where it's like, all right, if, if I study enough, if I memorize enough things, then when the test comes, I can just, I can ace the test. Right. So they want to know like what we, we do these evals where they basically, um, they have to build projects. And if they get stuck in the project of like how to do the next thing, their gut reaction is to go back and review all of the content. Yeah. hoping that somewhere in there is like the answer because that's what you would do in school. You're, you're learning for a test. So somewhere in there, like, you know, when, uh, when this battle happened, the date is, is somewhere in the material. So you just figure that out. But what happens is they spin their wheels because yeah. it's a, it's a skill, right? Like you, you wouldn't go to like a basketball class and read a basketball book. And then when you get to the basketball game, not be able to, you know, shoot a three, and then go study up on like the the essence of shooting a three. You would mess around with shooting a three until you're able to shoot a three. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Learning, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Uh, it takes, I think, it takes a very different mindset to learn programming than it does to to go to school. It, I and I, I kind of in, it's interesting. I as I mentioned in a pre interview, I volunteer with Code the Dream, which is like a. Um, uh, pre code school, and they a lot of the students I think struggle with that shift in mindset. Like, they're still very much in the like, I don't understand this. Teach, you know, yeah, kind of please teach me the content. And then they there's a disconnect between like the content they learn and the exercises, except, except there isn't right. The, the, the learn, reading the content won't tell you how to do the exercise, but if you understand the concepts from the lesson, then you should be able to do the exercise. Um, but they're used to, I think, the the lessons and the 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 tests being you know more more uh, just directly finding the answers I guess directly in the lessons right which which right. is not right not going to be the case um, yeah and and there's definitely a difference between um, like scaffolding curriculum in such a way where it's like I, we we've we've taught you this and but then also being able to you know do what you're saying which is to, to extract the, the skill, not necessarily the, the answer yeah. from, from the problem. Yeah. I, I was, um, you know, I, I remember before I became a software engineer, I, I think I, I had lunch with a friend who was a software engineer and I just wanted to know about it. And I remember one of the things he, he, he told me, which was so true was like, he was essentially trying to explain to me how the way you think as a software engineer is probably unlike any way that you've thought before. Mm -hmm. Because, because of the simple fact that like you, you don't get to persuade the computer, you know, like whenever I was in school, I have a religious studies degree and I would write essays. And in some ways, if like my essays, like those were my tests were me persuading the professor, you know, good grade, right. You can just kind of BS <laughs> your way through it. Um, and then, you know, the same thing with computers. Like I think a lot of times when we approach programming, we think, oh, the computer probably knows what I mean. You know, um, that's that's the way I see a lot of new developers approaching programming is is they assume that this thing is smarter than it actually is. And in reality is, is you I mean, it's it's more powerful than you are, but you are far smarter than than the, the language. Right. And you've got to give it every detailed direction on exactly what you you want it to do, uh, which in some ways should relieve us. Right. <laughs> that um, that we exercise the power 
over this, you know, and, and not vice versa. Yeah. Um, anywho. So, all right. Quick question for you. I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, this isn't such a huge deal, but uh, you know, when we think about software engineer, at least this is where I was originally. I think a lot of people think about this too. They picture somebody who's, you know, writing, executing command line scripts, uh, working on operating systems, the way that I thought of software engineers whenever I was a kid, right? Um, but when I say software engineer to you, I mean, it's web development, right? And I think a lot of people are confused about what web development is. Do you make a distinction between web development, software engineering? I mean, you know, I see on your LinkedIn, UI engineer. Yeah. What does all that mean? I mean, a lot of it, wow, you could you could spin your wheels on, on those. You could bike shed on those discussions, Uh like all day long. I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily differentiate between the terms like web developer and software engineer or UI engineer. They're just, they're trying to put, I mean, I say UI engineer cause I wanted to emphasize the fact that I, I really enjoy working on user interfaces. Um, and like, I, I'm not, again, not professionally yeah. trained like developer or in UX, but I read a lot about that stuff and I'm interested in it. Uh, so like I, my interests are around, yeah, just, just creating amazing user experiences uh, marketing conversions, uh, just you know, doing building cool things in general on the web. Um, but I do have a heavy emphasis uh, also on, on like engineering and architecture and, and things like that. Um, so I don't like, uh, yeah. I mean, th- there's just such a spectrum, right? You, you've got developers that are like just working on on like marketing websites where you're writing like HTML and CSS, uh, and then you have developers that are working on like medium level complexity, you know, like SaaS products. Uh, and then you have people who are working on, yeah. you know, more complex problems. I mean, but my uh, train's coming again. So like in my current job, some some of the more like complex <laughs> stuff that I end up working on, uh, we, so we, I work for Doximity. Uh, we have a telemedicine product. And one thing that we support is like uh, virtual backgrounds, like in the browser. Um, so that that's that's like that's, yeah, that's a fairly complex cool. thing to do in the browser. Um, uh, yeah, and and you know, I mean, just 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 doing video, uh, web RTC and like video audio on the web is like fairly complex. There's lots data to manage, state to manage. Um, so so there, yeah. there's definitely varying levels of complexity in web development. Uh, it's no, I think I think what I'm getting at is, um, you know, I think for a few years ago, you know, rather recently, I think people would have thought of web development as yeah. someone writes HTML and CSS, you know, um, and if, and if you are a JavaScript developer, right, it's like you're doing some jQuery stuff. Um, but it, it seems like, and, and I love, I think your your kind of story paints that picture well, which is, I mean, you you start learning things that you know, like Perl and, uh, you know, do a computer science degree and all that. But like the advanced spot that you ended up was on the web. And a majority of yeah. our applications these days are, are on the web. So I, I'm hoping all to say that that people are, 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 are viewing these days, you know, web developer and software engineer somewhat synonymous as like there are, as you pointed out, some really complex, interesting problems to be solved. And, you know, you, you don't need to be somebody who's, who's writing java or you know uh you know whatever else to to be considered an actual engineer in the field. yeah 
and and I think once you you know once you get to a certain point where you you know, might be considered like senior, you're just, you're just solving more harder problems. Like the even the 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 boundaries between front end and back end start sort of blur. It's all programming. It's all logic and moving data and you know around. Uh, you just as a as like a front end guy, I just specialize in in doing the front end stuff um, and and dealing with browser discrepancies is a big part of that. Uh, but um, yeah, and, and in, I mean in my career, I, just to give you a full picture, like I I started learning like Perl and C, and then I learned like HTML CSS with some you know, spattering of jQuery, eventually CoffeeScript when that came around, uh, and then like Backbone, Ember. Uh, but I did Ruby on Rails for a long time. For a long time, I was like a Ruby on Rails like full stack developer, which really means more like mostly backend and then you know HTML jQuery. The, the Rails way, sort of. <laughs> Yeah, the Rails way, yeah. uh, and then and then eventually I I just pivoted into doing more uh, front end UI component development. Just, I just found that more interesting and rewarding. Um, yeah, I got I got really lucky at some point in my career. I uh, I was working for a smaller company that got acquired by a larger company, and that larger company's strategy was just like go out. Is a public company. Go out and buy all these smaller players in the space, and then try to integrate them all. So, like, unify, have centralized APIs, yeah, uh, but also a centralized user interface. And so, I got to work on a really small team uh, where we were developing the like design system or UI library, and, and uh, that all these other products would be able to consume. And so, that that was interesting because like the products were using, you know. Everything from React, Vue, Angular to like custom home worlds, SPA, jQuery framework. Yeah. Uh, don't ask me about how that came about. Yeah. But so so we had to support all of them. So we ended up using web components, which were kind of just coming of age uh, yeah. at the time to to do that. You know, with with IE eleven support <laughs> uh, for for custom elements at least. And um, yeah, so that was my first kind of real like front end front end focus, and I. Explain real quick. Um, explain real quick because I don't think folks are really under. I mean, you know, the the language of the frameworks you named are probably pretty common. But what are what are web components? So web components are are just a, a browser spec um, for that allow you to build uh, your own like UI components. Like I mean, like in React, let's say you you build like a drop down component. Uh, but in order for that to run, you need Re you need like React. You need the React runtime on the page, uh, and React handles like loading the component and all the things. Web components are like self they're self loading components. Uh, uh, so you or cus custom elements. Well, web custom elements are kind of one part of a four part four different specs, and all those four specs are web components. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but custom elements gives you the ability to basically custom, write, custom define your own HTML tags. Uh, so you could you know, define it in tag in JavaScript and say, okay, this is my element. And then if somebody were to inject a my element uh, tag in the page, the browser would, would run your code, initialize that element. You could build out your UI, event handlers, all that stuff. Uh, so it's a way to create like third-party components that are, that are framework agnostic. Um, yeah, yeah. Very cool. No, I think that's a good explanation. Um, you know, as, as you've been advancing in your career, you know, I see a number of, of different, uh, you know, obviously companies and, and roles, and it sounds like you're, you're getting to work on some really amazing things with, with telemedicine, which I think, you know, hopefully, uh, I'm sure you guys all saw was, 
was accelerated by the, the, the pandemic. Yeah. What, what skills or, you know, character attributes, um, because it seemed like those things were early on for you, right. Whenever you were learning to program, but what kind of things have led you to be the, the type of person that finds success in self-teaching um, or, or uh, you know, being able to yeah, yeah. be at a place right now where you're, you're really on the, 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 the forefront of technology of the web. Yeah. I mean, uh, it helps to be really curious in general. And I, I am, I, I have a yeah. lot of interests. Like I'll, I'll get into modes where I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm really interested in like thermocomposting or organic farming or, you know, even if I don't have an organic farm. So I'll go, I'll just do like a deep dive and learn all about a topic. So I think loving to learn and, and natural curiosity really helps. Um, but, but another thing that helps, and, and this is not necessarily something that you, you have at the very beginning. And it's, for me, it's something I had to build over time. It's just like that confidence that you can learn and figure out anything. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, at this point, you know, if you, you ask me like, could, could you do X, Y, Z, you know, implement, build X, Y, Z product. I'd be like, I don't know how to do it now, but I'm sure if I just like invested time and tried it, I could figure it out. Um, Cause I've learned that I can learn and I've learned that I can figure things out and that uh, I don't think there's, I don't know that there's a shortcut like to get there. I think you just have to start you. I, I think, well, I think you have to push yourself that I've definitely had points in my career where I, I stagnated for like one or two years I probably was like at the same skill level that, you know, that it was like a year later. And so I think you want to be careful not to stagnate, not to get too comfortable and just do the things that you know how to do. Um, I think it's important to, to always push yourself. And, you know, if you, do, if you don't know how like a drag and drop works on the web, like try, go and learn, yeah. try to build something there. You know? Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's, I think it's a good, I mean, not to stop you, but I think it's a good point because I think, um, it's pretty natural. I feel like for even those, because I consider myself curious too, you know, um, I'm resident uh, trivia player in my house and random mm-hmm. fact guy. Um, and I think, that, I think that part of me leads to, to being able to pick up, uh, you know, different, different uh, software engineering techniques pretty, pretty quickly. But I think that it's natural for, for you to go in and out of cycles of where you, you get excited about something and you spend energy on it. And then you kind of just, it fizzles out and then you get excited about it again. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, part of being a software engineer is that affects your career, you know, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. those, those seasons where you're not, uh, curious or excited, uh, about what you're doing are usually like you're saying the, 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 the seasons where you kind of just stay, stay even and plateau. Um, but I love what you're saying about you, know, you right now, like you're at a point where, you have the confidence of, Hey, I, I don't know everything. I don't need to know everything, but if there was something that I wanted to know or that I needed to know, then I'd be able to, to tackle that. And I think that's like part of this process of overcoming the imposter syndrome, which I think never fully goes away, but the, I think that's an encouragement to, to newer developers that like at some point that really does happen, right? Where, as you go along and it it takes like, like you're saying, I think just those experiences, you have to have a history under your belt of, I didn't know that. I remember a time when I didn't know that. And then I knew it, you know, and if you do that enough over and over again, then then hopefully you're at a place in your career, like, like you are where it's, I've got confidence that whatever I need to learn to to do the job, you know, I I can do that, which I think is pretty incredible. All right. So you said that, then I I cut you off. No, I just, 
I agree. I, I think the I think the opposite of imposter syndrome is exactly that. There's the confidence that even if you don't know, you can know, and you, you right because you nobody yeah. knows everything, and and that's one of the cool things about web development or software engineering. There's so many things you can specialize in or get into, and you can't. No one person can know it all. Um, yeah. And I I've definitely felt that imposter syndrome. I think. I think a big thing that you have to let go of, and and this seems pretty like pretty prevalent in developers a lot, is just like big egos, or or like maybe yeah. you're trying to like counter that imposter syndrome with your ego. Uh, yeah. And I I don't think that's helpful. I think it's I think like even 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 if you know a lot, don't assume. Just always have the the curiosity of a beginner, um, and yeah. and just admit what you don't know and. Because I mean, the first step to learning something is admitting that you don't know it, <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. And um, but, but you need to learn it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I do. This is kind of shifting topics a little, but I do a lot of interviews. Like we, you know, for my company, we hire people, and uh, it's interesting. Like the difference between when you, you interview someone who has a little less experience or is more on the junior scale. Uh, and someone on the more more on the senior scale, the main difference that I see is just their their ability to explain uh, and talk about concepts in in detail. Whereas like a junior developer might might know the same things that the senior developer knows. Like yeah. they can only explain it in very broad terms. Uh, whereas yeah. a senior developer, you know, I think where they're, where they're thinking about these concepts, they can they can probably visualize like all the little micro steps, uh, you know, of a concept that that makes up the the broader context uh, concepts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I think that's super helpful. I haven't heard anyone explain it like that where it's you're you're able to um to go a little bit deeper. And you know, we try not to like get on what, what we do, but you know, one of the things that um really piss off our students <laughs> about our program, and it, I think it's probably come up in almost every podcast interview we've talked about, uh, but uh we, we teach backbone mm-hmm. um first before learning React. Yeah. Um and even before that, we we, we start kind of more or less building our own MVC framework. And the hope there is, you know, a lot of, a lot of what senior developers have, well, you're, you're talking about the world of front-end development yeah. specifically is, is history and experience, right? Like you're telling the story about you were there before, you know, React or, um, or Vue came about. And part of the advantage you have is not just the experience of, you know, you built other things or you knew things, but, but you knew the context, right? And there was a context uh, like in the world of web development where developers were, were creating products and we were looking for the best tool to help us yeah. do the job and build the products that we're trying to build for the companies. And, you know, yeah. Backbone yeah. was it. Backbone was, was the best tool. And then as we did that over a number of years, we experienced some common headaches yeah. with Backbone and that we were all frustrated by. And then suddenly React came out and, you know, you could argue, yeah, React is, you know, only got popular because of, of Facebook and, and yada, yada. But to be honest, React solved sure. some of those problems, like those pain points that we felt with Backbone. And so I think having that context of, feeling the pain and knowing not only like, okay, cool. This is a component in react. If I change the prop, it re-renders, right. Which, which is a lot of like what coding boot camps or online tutorials teach you. If you understand the context behind it, which, which is like, Oh, I, I know why 
those who made React made React like this, then I think that kind of gets into the deeper level of beginning to connect the dots that, okay, if it's like this in this area, right, front-end frameworks, then it, there's probably that same thing because because uh, ultimately what we're doing in, in software engineering is we're building products that solve yeah. business problems, um, right? And business problems are you know, there's categories, there's, there's user problems, it's technology, but there's some kind of context that can probably explain the, the deeper connecting points of this thing. Someone didn't just sit down one day and, you know, like, like writing a song, dream up something with some, some, uh, some <laughs> God inspired inspiration, you know, there, there are. There and, are and, and things that are created reasons. that way tend to fail because they, Things that are invented in a vacuum that don't solve any problems uh, aren't, aren't aren't valuable. Yeah, I, I yeah, um, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it too much, but that seems like a very hard thing to teach in the context of a, a, a class, right? Because like, there's you you can be taught something and then you can like feel it in your gut, right? And be like, oh man, I felt the pain of like trying to manage yeah. my state and like putting it into the DOM in data attributes with jQuery, and so I'm and, or you know, or like re-rendering the DOM or updating the DOM. So like, oh, I get why backbone and having like render functions is extremely valuable. And then you do backbone a bunch and you're like, wow, I, you know, it's like view or react comes out and you're like, oh, I understand why this is valuable. Or I guess angular was kind of the, the first verse because it's like, I, this is so, I'm writing so much boilerplate. Yeah. That's basically just doing the same thing. Now I have a better abstraction to do it. It's great. And, and then now like next stage, right. I, I think is like server side rendering or static rendering where you're like, Okay, I've written like it's. I love using React and yeah. things to build like uh, to build things, but you know, th there's there's like performance issues and loading issues and all those things. And so now we have like server side rendering or, or, or static rendering that can help with those issues. And uh, so yeah, then you're like, oh, this is why this is helpful. But yeah, yeah. The 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 pain is part of the process, and um, you know, whenever. When you're learning something, uh, you know, if you ever learned how to like skateboard or snowboard or something, the 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 biggest learning jumps happen whenever you you eat it. You know, <laughs> um, if if you're snowboarding down a mountain, you you know to be very careful of your toe side because falling forward or falling backwards down the mountain is is the last thing you want to do. Um, all right, well, just a couple more things I want to ask you, man. Um, so you volunteer with Code the Dream, which is amazing. You know, so, so for a little bit of context. Code the Dream is there's a local nonprofit, um, especially uh, invested in immigrants learning to code. At least that was kind of their initial mission. I, th I think that's that's still mostly where they're at, right? Yeah, I, gen underrepresented communities, so people who are just less commonly seen in tech. Um, awesome. Yeah, I remember originally they there was a maybe that's why I don't have the latest update. They they are um, they were overseen by a different nonprofit that was. Um, focused on on immigrants so okay, okay that's that's awesome so what um what has like led you to like want to get involved and what does your involvement there look like um so i i've been involved kind of just on and off as a volunteer like for a long time not uh and mostly as a mentor so just like helping students work through problems or understand concepts i've given a few like talks on various subjects um like the, the last talk I gave was about like how to ask good questions, like to, to get help faster. Uh, and then before that we built like little whack-a-mole game in code pen, like in 45 minutes. That was pretty, I thought like it was fun because the students were like, wow, like 45 minutes from scratch can build something, you know, that seems like, uh, 
that, that does something, you know, beyond like print text or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I just believe in their vision, you know, like of, of making, there's no reason that, um, I think there's no reason that more people, you know, can't get to learn, learn to code and get into the tech industry other than some, you know, some sort of systemic barriers that exist. Um, and, and so we have to try to overcome those. My, my, my mother's, my, both my parents are immigrants, but my parents, uh, my dad is like immigrant from France, just just he worked for apple it's just a kind of a work thing but my mom was a, a immigrant from like cambodia uh you know she was running away from the Khmer rouge and ended up in the united states so i i have a heart for you know just people who are immigrants in general people who are coming here um i'm you know i'm, I'm like generation first generation uh american um yeah so i i plus i i, I find that i really enjoy teaching um something that i started just just now I'm working on is is uh, doing like courses. Uh, so I'm like, I'm developing a course right now on like JavaScript tracking, like, tracking user behavior in the browser. So like how Google Analytics would work and whatever. Um, just because I I had the little experience working on a product like that and I thought it was kind of interesting. I didn't know about it before. And so I'm like, I want to learn more about this and more of the edge cases. So I'm going to actually develop a course while learning kind of more of the hard corners uh, so that I can learn and then I can yeah. you know, teach others. Me. And I feel like that's, yeah. that's been my secret sauce um, is, mm. is not knowing something so much that I don't remember knowing it myself, you know, like that. I think some of the best yeah. uh, curriculum and teaching comes out of that, like where you're kind of learning it as you teach it, because, you know, you remember yeah. the specific hangups and struggles that, that come with like the, the first exposure. Yeah, I mean, I think good teaching is about empathy and understanding where the other person's like struggles are, the concepts they don't understand. So if you're in that place yourself, you're in a great position. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to, to to teach. Well, man, I I don't want to keep you. Uh, last question here would be for for you, like what, like where do you hope to go next in your in your career? You know, you're working on some complex problems. You're developing courses. Like, what's that next kind of milestone of of interesting interesting problems that you'd want to work on? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've worked for, I've, I've had an interesting career. I've worked for like large public companies, like tiny startups where I was the only engineer, consulting companies, product companies. Uh, I, I work at Doximity now. I really love this team and this company. So I'm probably going to stick around for a while. Um, but I think I think after that, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of working on this one course right now. I'd like to just, um, just be self-employed, whether that's developing, you know, developing and selling my own products or courses uh um or or maybe doing consulting freelancing ish i would only do that if i could work on just interesting projects that i want yeah. to work on not not kind of rely on it for survival and feeding my yeah. family <laughs> yeah but um yeah i think so i think that's that's where i want to be next so that i can focus on you know i have young kids three and five and I, cool. i'd like to be stay at home dad more and yeah, yeah. maybe just take my family and travel the world. I love that. Um, well, Pierre, man, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. It was, it was good to talk to you. Um, super interesting to hear about your story. I'm glad we have to connect and, and we'll definitely have to get together since we're in the same building here. Yeah. Sounds I'm, I'm around today. Oh, you have a lot of meetings though, <laughs> but, uh, well, right after that, we'll stay, stay on. I want to, I want to chat a little bit if, if that's okay. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks. 
Well, that does it for this episode of the Develop Yourself podcast. To learn more about our online code school, Parsity, visit parsity.io. That's P-A-R-S-I-T-Y dot I-O. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of Develop Yourself.